This is Biz. I'm a stay-at-home mom with a baby boy and a daughter who's a full-blown kid. And I'm Teresa, a part-time working mom with two little boys. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, we talk about the emotional roller coaster of sending your kids to school for the first time and are joined by Asha Dornfest, co-author of Minimalist Parenting and founder of the website Parent Hacks. Woo! Hi, Teresa. Hi. We're just keeping the, sh- the shows are just getting rawer and rawer as we go. Uh, woo! Loose. No, I feel very put together today. Good. <laughs> I don't. I sometimes think I'm going crazy. And let me tell you why. Okay. So I may have mentioned on the show before that Ellis mm-hmm. is a screamer. We're, we're mellowing out. Okay. okay. We're mellowing out. Right. As we enter the third month, mm-hmm. Stefan will now allow me to say it's the third month of his mm-hmm. life. Um, he is, you know, happy and smiling and the screaming is less. He still hates the car. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are there are some screaming fits, but for those of you out there in the throes of it, it does you know as they say it does get a little better. But because I've said to so many people like, "Hey, he's a screamer, he's unhappy all the time, he's miserable," and then I'll have him out and I'll run into these very people, and they're like, "You got the sweetest baby. What yeah. are you talking about? Your baby's so sweet." What they're like, "God, baby. you're such a bitch. Look at your perfect Look angel your baby. perfect baby." And I'm like. <laughs> it feels a little like, like I, this happens every time to the point where it's starting to make me feel like I'm trying to convince somebody my house is haunted. Where you're like, oh, my house is haunted. It's full of ghosts. And everybody's like, oh, that's horrible. Then they come over and they're like, no, your house is fine. And I'm yeah. like, it's full of ghosts. There's yeah. like blood bleeding on the walls. And they're like, no, it's not. And then they leave and all the furniture moves around. Yeah. Right? And you're like, why would anybody believe me? <laughs> you know, so, so then I'm like, why... Why do I care? Why am I trying to convince somebody that my child is actually not the happiest baby in the world? Well, but also you have to remember, like, <laughs> a friend is not going to, like, meet your baby for the first time and go, like, yeah, he seems like a really difficult baby. <laughs> like, nobody is going to say that to you unless they're, like, a total idiot. I mean, and on the one hand, nobody's going to say that to you because you just don't say that. Right. About your friend's baby. Right. And at least not to their face. Not to their face. Right. And um, the other thing is, is, like, when you meet a baby for the first time, even if they're crying, you still go like, oh, look at that beautiful baby. I don't. I don't. I'm like, yeller. Yell. No. Really? But I will say I did have a friend who <laughs> said to me about two months post Ellis's life, we, uh, we were, we ran into each other and she looked at him and she said, he really does seem more relaxed. It's amazing. Uh-huh. Like his face, like everything seems uh-huh. much more relaxed about him than like, say, the first time she saw him where he oh, was okay. just like fighting the world the whole uh-huh. time. I thought that was a very honest response. I it's thought that very was a very honest, yeah. But it's also, it's a, she's also able to say to that. To compare it. Because she's able to say say something nice in the moment. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. She didn't the week before say like, yeah, he's, yeah, he's a screamer. Shitty, that sucks. You know? like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like later you can say like, oh, he's doing much better. He does look better. You know? but, but it at least acknowledges that maybe there was a problem <laughs> sure, at some yeah, point in sure, time. Sure, sure. I can see how it would make you feel crazy. D- but and, I I feel a little crazy. Yeah, yeah. But now he's perfect. Oh. So, so problem solved. Ghosts over. are gone. <laughs> Ghosts. Bye-bye. I don't think you're going to have any more no. challenges with him. I'm pretty like, sure. for the rest of his life. That's how babies work. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's how babies work. <laughs> Good. 
You know what was fun? What? We came in uh, to the recording studio last week. We got to be here twice last (laughs) week. We got to ditch our families. Twice. One extra time last week. And we got to do it so that we could do a little bonus episode of One Bad Mother. Yes. So, yeah, we should say the the annual (laughs) Max Fun Drive is coming up. It's going to be the last two weeks of March. Yeah, we're super pumped. Um, We're planning our best shows of the year. We have some really exciting guests for these two shows. We're basically doing everything we can to get you to tune into those shows as soon as they air. Yes. um, And and give you the feeling that you cannot possibly miss either of those shows. Or any One Bad Mother show ever. any episode Therefore... Um, yeah, therefore, we will also have a whole bunch of awesome thank you gifts this year mm-hmm. um, to get you in the mood to donate to support what we do. So uh, so in, in, in one of the thank you gifts to the donors, mm-hmm. the bonus episode goes mm-hmm. out to all of our donors. Yep. So if you want to hear... Our, I think it was one of my was one of my top favorite episodes. It was a great so episode. Um, we can we can give you a little yeah, teaser and let you know we talked about cars, cars, and we also talked about dyslexia with yeah. uh, amazing Jenny. mom blogger Janelle Hanchett of RenegadeMothering.com. Yes, um, and that was a great conversation. That was a great conversation. Um, so it's not to be missed, ladies and gentlemen. It's not. So tune in the last two weeks of March. Uh, we'll have great shows. We'll have gifts. We'll have other cool stuff happening. More woos than more woos than you um, can shake a stick at. It's gonna be fun times. A lot of woos. You know what's kind of not fun? What? Because <laughs> that's what one by mother's all about. Making <laughs> you feel it great and then bringing down. it down. Sending our beautiful, precious babies out of the nest. For the first time. <laughs> Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. <laughs> when did you stop loving Simon and send him <laughs> to, to, send to send him, send him away. away to boarding school? To boarding <laughs> to, to, to military school. They they take one year olds, two year olds, babies at military school. No, really. When was when when did you guys? Because tell me, tell me yeah, your I'll situation. Tell you, we well, we thought we originally thought it would be as a baby that he would start going. You know, at least a couple days a week to right. um, like infant care. Um, but as it turned out, we didn't get into the place. We were on the wait list forever, <laughs> um, and so we were sort of using a babysitter here and there. And yeah. I was working from home a lot um, until he was eighteen months old, and he got into. Uh, daycare program that's sort of like a pre-preschool program right that you guys like so it's one of those schools that's got it goes all the way up to pre-k yep yeah and how did you find that emotionally did you guys start how many days a week was he going he started with three days a week yeah um and he's actually still three days a week i just think it's a it works really well for us um it gives me enough time to do the work that i need to do but it's also three days a week. yeah no we did that with Catherine bell we started her at three because we were moving Mm -hmm. cross country like in the middle of her second year of life Mm -hmm. it was probably around two that we'd started thinking yeah maybe we should you know she's 
doesn't socialize with any other children, really, mm-hmm. besides sing-alongs and, you know, random playdates with kids at other ages. Mm-hmm. No one really in her sort of age group. So when we moved out here, I was like, all right, we should, I think three is a good time for her. So we did that here, and I gotta tell you, my first experience was horrible. Oh. It was horrible. Oh so we, I asked around, got a lot of uh, opinions on a preschool, daycare, you know, mm-hmm. sort of situation here in, where I live. Uh, got her in mm-hmm. to this particular uh, little school. And the first day is what they call a transition day where you go. The kid goes from like 8 to 1230 and you go as the parent and you're just there. Mm-hmm. And uh, you kind of sit out in the lobby. But you're, but you're there for most of the day. It's like, all right, it's great. So we go and we get there and like it was almost as if the teachers didn't know she was starting that day. And like no one really explained anything to me about Mm -hmm. like, hey, here's the process or this is what the different areas are. This is what Catherine Bell is going to be doing. No one really knew. People have kept asking me what her name was over and over again. What? Yeah. It felt like. Wait. So did they have you visit the whole day? Yeah. Yeah. And like this was supposed to be her first day. Okay. Right? Yeah. And I was like, this is, this seems weird. Like, this is weird. Like, the teachers all seemed like a little tired of the whole experience, you know? Uh So I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna step back. You know, I'm like, I don't, it became this question of, is this me being Yeah, because you've never done it before. Right, I've never done it before. Is this me? Yeah. Or is this, or or something off here, right? So I I step back and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go sit in the lobby while she's interacting with the, with the school. Mm -hmm. Like five minutes later, Catherine Bell like just wanders out into the lobby. He's like, hi, mama. And I'm like, well, what are you doing out here, Catherine Bell? And walk her back and Mm -hmm. give her back to the teacher who kind of looks at me and then she, I go back and sit down. Not even like two minutes later, Catherine Bell walks back out. Right. And I'm like, okay. I take her back and I'm like, hey, Catherine Bell's leaving the classroom, right? Mm-hmm. Put her back in the classroom. The third time she comes out, the director of the school's walking by and says, what are you doing out? And I looked at her point blank and I said, that's what I've asked her the last two times she's come out. Why don't you tell me? why my kid's out here, mm-hmm. right? I was so pissed by this point in time. We go back, and the teacher's response was, she can open doors. Mm-hmm. Like, this was like a big thing. I was like, are you telling me the other three-year-olds in this class can't open doors? Like, so then I'm starting to get a little crazy. Uh-huh. Then they're going on a little field trip walk over to the library. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go with them, right? Now, this was the real deal breaker for me. I have a question. Yeah. Can I interrupt you? Yeah. Did did they tell you to visit the whole day with her, yes. or did you yes. just decide no. to stay? They said you come and you stay for half a day, and then yeah. the next day you'd be there for only part of the day, and then the next day you'd be there not huh. at all. Okay, right. So again, I have no it nothing just else seems to like base. A weird system because, like, I I mean, obviously she's coming out there because she knows you're out there. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but like, for me, my thought is. No one knew she wasn't in the classroom. No, I know. I understand, like, the right. security yeah. issue of it. But, like, I also think it's just a, it just seems like a weird... Oh, it's just one more thing on the list of, like, what right, is right, wrong right. with this school. Right. So okay, then they're going to take him to the library. Okay. And they do this thing where, like, I guess kids... Like this... the school library or, like, a no, library? No, like a library like a down trip. the street. Oh, okay. And they're going to walk right. through the neighborhood. Okay. So they put all... They have this, like, leash. Mm-hmm. It's like this long rope with little circles all along the rope. And every oh kid God. grabs a circle, right? Okay. And then off they 
go, which is total chaos. Right. Total chaos. They get to the library. Uh-huh. You have two choices to get to the library floor that we're going to, the elevator or the stairs. They take the kids on the elevator with the leash. So everybody files into the elevator holding on to the leash. So when you open the door, everybody's standing backwards. So now you're supposed to get three-year-olds to walk backwards. with the leash. It comes out in this crazy mess. Everybody's holding on. There's like one kid in the middle. I swear to God, the other two ends are like roping around that kid. And I was just, like, I was laughing at this point in time. I was like, I had pulled Catherine Bell out at this point in time. We were just standing there. Uh-huh. I was like, just come, come hold my hand, baby girl. We are not going to be part of this fucking train wreck, right? Um, they take the kids up to this like play. Kids are like screaming and talking. Everybody's like, shh. It was awful. And so finally we get, <laughs> we're walking back to the school and I'm like I'm, I'm going to take her I'm taking her now like, so at what point were you like I'm not sending my child to this first school? time that kid in retrospect I can confidently yeah, say the first time that kid walked but the, when they didn't know her name actually when they didn't so earlier earlier in the day, in the day. okay that's what I'm wondering because like so, it seems like it gets worse, worse and worse it does. but I'm wondering like there, you know there's like a time where you're in your mind yeah. you're switching over from I'm trying to make this work. I'm trying to make this work. I'm trying to make this work too. I'm looking for the ways that will convince me what I think I already know, which is that this is not going to work. Right. You know what I'm saying? Retrospect immediately. Okay. So I get her hug. Like I put her in the car, and I I I can like laugh at all this right now. Right. But in the time, I was so upset. Right. right. I was so upset. And we get home, and I get her down for her nap, and. I just start crying. I'm like, I'm hysterical. And I call my mother and I'm just, like, it's like noon. I like yeah. grab a beer. If I still smoke, it's like, what? this is like ranks up there with one of those moments where like, I wanted a cigarette again. Uh-huh. Like I wanted to sit outside and like just chain smoke and like yeah. drink. And I was so angry and so upset. And and it was for two, two reasons. One, I was like, is this just me? Because mm-hmm. this was my first experience sending right. her out. And, yeah, he, and this is one of the big ones where everybody who's like a seasoned pro right. kind of looks at you like, overprotective mother. Right, right, right. Totally. And you're yeah. like, it might just be. Your kid isn't like fitting into our preschool system. Right. Like, yeah. what? This is your yeah. fault. Yeah, yeah. And you're it's making fine for all these big, other kids. What's yeah. wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. And they got, I called Stefan and, <laughs> and like Stefan did. I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was the right thing. Uh-huh. It was, you are second. not crazy. Right. Yeah. You know? And yeah. then I sat there and I was like, I don't ever want her to go to school again. Ever. Mm-hmm. Ever. She's never leaving the house again. Mm-hmm. I was so mad. I wrote this, like, letter. <laughs> I this, like, pay. First, I wrote a letter that said, I will not be sending my child to your school. Um, if you would like me to elaborate on that, I am happy to. But... Uh, you know, at this point, this this is absolutely mm-hmm. not going to happen. Done. So yeah. the teacher says, please elaborate. So I wrote a two-page letter that was like, you know, I, I can sum it up. I can sum the two-page letter up with, it was like a kennel for kids Aww. rather than a school for kids. Yeah. So then I was just like crushed. I mean, I was just crushed. I was uh-huh. just like, I, it took me forever to gain my confidence back that this was the school and not me. Uh-huh. So I go check out some other little preschools, find another one. First day, we go in, everybody knew her name. Mm. Even teachers that weren't her teacher knew her name. And awesome. I immediately realized this was not, yeah. it was not me. Yeah. I mean, it was them. They were yeah. horrible. And I, it just was such like a life change. It made it like easier to send her. Mm-hmm. But it's still, yeah, it was like so scarring. And now I'm like, I feel like it has scarred me for life to send her into new school experiences. Because we're mm-hmm. about to go into kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little like... 
Oh, this is going to be so scary. It's the same thing. I don't, you know. I know. Well, that's, yeah, that's kind of what I'm going through right now because um, I, when we initially started sending him, I, I visited, I visited with him just like an hour, a few times a week for like a month leading up to him going. So by the time I left him there, he was really used to going and he was, it was very like, he was like, okay, you're leaving, but he was totally fine. And because he was fine and I could see that he was fine and I loved the teachers, right. I, I was fine. But now, a year later, when I'm like totally not expecting to have this issue, like I felt like we dealt with this issue. Simon likes the school and I'm, right. and I'm doing fine with Simon being at school. Now that he's transitioning into this other classroom with the bigger kids, he is having a hard time. And I'm, like, Um, getting knocked upside the head by this because I'm just like, wait, what? Now I have to deal with this separation anxiety where he doesn't want to let go of my hand. And when we talk about going to school, his eyes are filling with tears. And then it's just breaking my heart. So he's shifting. So he's shifting from... The first room where he was comfortable and knew everybody. Yep. They and it was just up. the little ones, the one and a half to two and a half year now olds. Now he's yeah. with a bunch of bigger kids. What's the age range for two this? Two and a half to four. Ooh, that's a big range. Mm-hmm. That is a big range. Mm-hmm. And they're all in the same. Yep. Okay, so now he's starting to kind of go back to. He's reverting a little bit. And he's just, I mean, I thing is. And this, I think this is like the calculus that we all do. It's like, I know this is going to be great for him. Like, I know that he, like, I I know that I want him in a preschool. I know, like, that's something I have already considered. Right. I know that I feel good about this preschool. And I know that he will ultimately get used to going and it will be fine. So, like, you have all that as a starting point. This is not (laughs) a situation where, like, with the place you first went to where you had all these red flags and you were like, ick, I don't, you know what I mean? This is like, this is just hard. Even though it's the right thing, it's very hard. And it's hard like every single time we go Um, until one day it won't be hard, I guess. How, so so that's so then there's the question. How are you? I mean, I know how clearly we yeah. know how Simon is. Simon does yeah. not want to go to school. Yeah. <laughs> how are you? Because you're right. Like you said, you kind of already went through this the first time. And you thought you yeah. were prepared. I thought so I what? well, I thought I like skipped over it because I missed him. You know, I was right. like, oh, I miss my baby. You know, but I was like, but it was kind of like a joyful missing yeah. where you go like, oh, you know, I, I'm like longing for him, but then I get to see him again at the end of the day, and right. he can tell me about what he did, and it's like it's a happy thing. Yeah. Um, and I get a break, and you know, right. there's like there's something there's something good about missing your child. I think like because well, it right, does but remind all the you, spin aside. How how do okay. you feel? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I I feel okay because I know that it will get there. Right. Um, but it's it is painful. Oh, I mean, it's very painful. Like it's not um <sighs> like it's it's like uh you know, I have to kind of like mentally prepare myself every time I have a conversation with him about it because I don't want to betray like oh, my right. emotions, you know? Right. And um and Whenever he's, you know, whenever he's like 
if his eyes are like filling with tears about going to school, of course, like all I want to do is just be like, you know what? Forget Fuck school. It. <laughs> right. Forget it. Right. I'm so there with you. Fuck school. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like when we go, if if he's not like immediately getting like involved in something with somebody, I have a really hard time yeah. walking away from him. Like there's like the goodbye window where you like oh, you God. say bye and then you go around and you're <laughs> right. like, I'll see you at the window. And they really oh, like see. that, okay. you know, and then you go around and you're like, bye, have a good day. And then it's like. I'm like, bye. And I could seriously fucking stand there for two hours right. just waving at him because I don't want to be the one to, like, walk away from him while he's oh, standing there. Right. I want him to turn around and go play, you know? Right. Um. So, yeah, it sucks. It totally sucks. I just remember, like, watching at Catherine Bell's school. Like, she and I came up with a couple little things. Like, once we got into the school, you know, like, the first day. I don't know what it is about the first day. A lot of times kids are like, yay, bye. And they yeah. don't realize what's happening. Right. And, and like the next week, they're like, oh, yeah. you know. And so we had the like crying, pull away, holding the leg kind of thing. And uh, so we started working on things like, all right, we're going to do funny faces, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it was that we left. And I started leaving her like love notes, like, I need a love note. Like if she got one that helped her through it, um, which also became really. What do you mean? Like, in like the... I would write like a little, like, where would you leave it though? Either in her cubby or if she had a pocket, she put it in her pocket. Oh, that's and it was cute. Just, and all it was was like literally a strip of paper, whatever, grab my hand mm-hmm. on there, it would have like an eyeball uh-huh. and a heart and a yeah. you. And she'd be like, ah, you know, anyway. Yeah. But then a lot of times I'd be trying to get out of there and she'd be like, love. I are <laughs> like, oh, I gotta okay. go find paper. Yeah. Um, but like, we made it work. Uh-huh. But I would still, but I know that's her, and not mm-hmm. every kid can do that. <laughs> Watch all the parents who, like, literally just take their child off their leg, mm-hmm. put their child down, and walk away as their yeah. kid's screaming. Yeah. And I know they have to do it. Yeah. And I, because I, I'm there to watch, just so all the parents who have to do this, I want you to know that I am there once you're gone mm-hmm. and your kid is fine. Yeah. The kid is like, Mom. Yeah. Mom. And I'm just like, Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. But they got to do it. They got to go to work. They got to, you know, like, it's yeah. so hard. And then the moment the parents out of the way, like a minute yeah. later, the kid's like, They're into off. something. Yeah. The yeah. kid's off and fine. Yeah. So, FYI. Your kid's okay. Yeah. And if they weren't, your teacher would be like, you need to come take your kid home. Your kid's <laughs> crying all day long. You know? But, um, well, that's what my mom was uh, visiting over the weekend. And so he was there. Simon was there on Friday. And I was, like, having the, this day of just, like, can we go get him yet? Can we go get him yet? Can we go get him yet? <laughs> and um, and my mom was like, well, so, like, how are you doing? And I was like, I'm sure he's doing fine. And yeah. I'm, I'm okay. And she's like, well, they would they would call you, right, if he was really having a really hard time. And I was like, I mean, I don't think so. Like, I mean, he had a hard time the other day, and they just told me when I picked him up, like, that he had cried a lot that day Uh, and stuff. And my mom was like, really? Because, you know. And I was like, well, I mean, he's just, if he cries, he just cries. Like, they're there with him. I can't come do anything. I mean, what am I, I don't want to, I don't want them to call me, and then I come rescue him because he was crying. That's right. That doesn't set a good, and she kind of looks at me like, "Mm mm-hmm. And I was just like, (laughs) I'm never talking to you about this ever again. Well, here's the good news is it doesn't stop. Like, Catherine right. Bell's going, like, she goes five days a week now. Uh-huh. And, like, there was, like, a tiny little transition when she went from, like, three days a week to five days a week, mm-hmm. you know? And I, though I will say, for me, when she did the shift, it was, like, one day me being like, oh, my baby. And the next day I was like, freedom! Yeah. I was like, ah, 
I was having a great time. Can we talk about that for a minute? Yeah, all right, too? fine. Like there was, yeah, there's some wonderful things yeah. about it. The, when I first took her to preschool, the very first time, like not the horrible, horrible time, but the first uh-huh. positive time, I got back to the house. I was all by myself in the house, uh-huh. and so like day one was I by myself, and I walked into her room. And I just sit on her little bed, and I was just oh, like, God. my baby. Like, I was like, what is this? A fucking Hallmark like commercial? Stuff I was like, it's gonna curl up. The next day. I was like doing an exercise video. Yeah. And like, I literally was just sitting in the house being like, what am I supposed to be? Can I, can I just watch television? Can I go to the store by myself? Can I like start planning a show like One Bad Mother? Yeah. Can I like, like, what could I be doing with this time? I need a project. I need a project. It was so weird. Uh-huh. It was just weird to have the house. Yeah. I was like, and I would have these moments where I'm like, I now understand everybody's mother. You know what I mean? Like oh, like uh-huh. mother-in-laws or like my mother yeah. or whatever, where you're like, why are they so crazy? Get out of my business. Why are you so crazy? Why are you like, uh-huh. like because you spent your whole life managing children and then when they're gone, you kind of lose your mind. Uh-huh. You know, like yeah. that's what I felt like. I was like, ah. But then once I got over that, mm-hmm. I felt great. I felt great. I miss it so you much right now. You also had another baby. Well, then I had another baby, and now it's all washed down the drain. Yeah. I'm already like, mm, six months. I know. Baby, baby's in a six months. Yeah. Baby, it'd be fine. Stefan's only thing is we're not paying for two at once yeah. in school. That's it. We're yeah. not going to pay for two. So you have to wait till she goes I have to wait till she gets in. And then yeah. you're in, kiddo. <laughs> Toughen up, Ellis. Uh, and it's so funny. Everybody I know, I have a lot of friends whose kids went in at six months. The second kid in particular was mm-hmm. like six months, eight months. In. Mm-hmm. In. Because I think you get spoiled. as You have that realization that you can be, you can have this time back a little bit. Oh, yeah. And then you're like, eh, eh, eh. You're mm-hmm. in. You're in. Like, I loved, I loved my free time. It felt great. I felt like su- I feel super confident about her being in this and being in school. So that's I mean, I think when you feel good about them being there, yeah. like, you know, that it's a good experience for them there. Yeah. There's something so freeing about that. Oh. Like, even for me, who like w- the minute Simon was all set with that, I was, you know, I was coming to work. So I didn't right. have those. I didn't have those uh, glorious moments of petting his bedspread right. <laughs> um, and, lo- and pining just, for the. <laughs> pining you just for- like brought his sleepy blanket with you. I did. Just I just wrapped. I just tore off a little face, piece right. of it and just carried it. Um, no, but I was coming to work, but it was still, it was a totally an amazing feeling. Like, I don't think I've ever been so, like, happy and excited to come to work. Right. Like, I'm just like, okay, like, I've got you at school and I'm going to work and I can get dressed and look cute today and, like, I can get all this work done and get and be really productive. Yeah. And that is a really amazing feeling. And then, like, just the joy of seeing it, seeing them at the end of the day and being able to be like, what did you do today? And, you know, <laughs> I mean, there no, is something, something when lovely. it works, there's something totally amazing about it. Right. And all those like things about this is good for them. You know, yeah. It's all Which I true. Think is so real. Though I will say I had this one moment when like she was going five days a week and uh-huh. I was like, it's not even kindergarten yet, you know, right. but like that first time of taking her and dropping her off, I was like, this is it. This is it. Uh-huh. But, like the n- next 18 Oh my Years God. of your life, you're in school. Oh your God. days of like not, yeah. your days of just like total oh, school's free- the worst. School is the worst. Now that I say that, I changed my mind completely. <laughs> school is the worst. Well, and then just to, just to say, just to like go back to my point of like, yeah, it's great, free yeah. time. Yeah. 
she's about to go into kindergarten, and I just feel like that horrible pressure all over again of like, I don't uh-huh. know if the school's going to be totally right. right for her. Is it going to squash her creativity and her dreams? And like, yeah. it's just one teacher for all these kids, and everybody, for the most part, has survived this their whole life. Yeah. But my beautiful, precious, special child will never be able no, to survive this. She won't, yeah. And, you know, just like the system's going to start beating her down. <laughs> and like, yeah, I just. <laughs> Good, good times. And then I get to do it all over again with another one. But I but you care less about this session, so you it's do. fine. You it's fine. <laughs> I'm Brady Posey. And I'm Tess Barker. And we are Lady to Lady. Each week we talk about our crazy days, our crazy dates, and how perfectly normal and acceptable members of society we each are. That's what we keep telling ourselves anyway. Why do you guys both have cats in your purses? For every show, we pull up a fourth chair and invite another funny lady to hang out with us for an hour. We're new to Maximum Fun. You can find us on iTunes or MaximumFun.org. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Teresa. Yes? (laughs) Genius. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. I'm going first. Catherine Bell, we have a a CSA. We have, like, one of these farm-to-your-door boxes with vegetables, and it's been beet season. A lot Mm -hmm. of beets. Catherine Bell, actually, I love... Turns out I love beets. Mm-hmm. I never knew I did until I was like a year ago. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, mm, beets all the time. And I'm going to cook up the greens. Mm-hmm. Everything's cooked in bacon. Uh, but <laughs> Catherine Bell actually likes beets pretty early on. And now is going through one of those phases of like, yeah, but we have a rule. Everybody has to try something. So she tries a beet at dinner the other night. And clearly at some point in time, I had, I had informed her that if she eats beets, her pee and her poop will be red. Yeah. Right? And so she's like... This is the stuff that I eat that'll make my pee red. And I was like, oh, yeah. And the more you eat, the more red your pee and your poop will be. Mm -hmm. And she got really into this. She was like, so if I eat two, Mm -hmm. it'll be red. But if I eat, like, four, Mm -hmm. it'll be really red. I was Mm -hmm. like, you could just eat as many as you want. (laughs) And see how red. And see how red it can be. She's like... (laughs) I will. Oh, my God. And she's like, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, I've got to go to the bathroom. I got to see if my pee is red. I'm like, it's going to, okay. It's not, I was like, okay. I was like, okay, fine. Uh-huh. What, whatever, fine. So, of course, the whole next day, yeah. she was like, my pee is red. My poop is red. But I just felt like, it, I was like, oh, hey, everybody, if you want your kids to eat beets, yeah. tell them it's going to make their pee red. That's amazing. It was. That's great. Genius. And, and cook everything in bacon fat. Yeah. That helps. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Cool. Um, well, we had a really amazing date night over what? the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. My parents were there. They babysat. Jesse and I went out. We saw Book of Mormon. It was amazing. <gasps> <As> my, uh, <laughs> we got dressed up. We looked beautiful. Aww. We were having so much fun. We forgot to take a picture, which I'm actually kind of sad about now. I'm like, <laughs> I need to know that I looked cute and Jesse and I looked cute and we went somewhere. <laughs> but it's all in my mind and my heart forever. Sure. That's nice. Yeah, thanks. Good job. Thanks. Hi. I'm not a mom. I'm an aunt. I did have a genius moment this week, though. So 
I was listening to your show about support systems <laughs> and had offered my sister-in-law to watch their kids for the last three years or something and realized, no, you know what? She needs a week off. <laughs> I, so I got my husband. I said, we're going to watch the kids. I texted them. Didn't really give them an out. Told them <laughs> we'll be there at five on Saturday. You guys do what you want. We made mummy pizzas with the kids <laughs> and lots of other Halloween treats and watched shows and played pillow zombies and everything else. And it was fantastic. And they loved having their time with Aunt Mandy. And they were excited. And the parents were excited. And so we're going to be doing this again in the future. So thanks to you guys, some parents got a little time off. It's not thanks to us. It's yeah, thanks, to, thanks you. to you. That's uh, awesome. The highlight of that call yeah. was we just didn't give them a choice. Yeah, that's the genius. Of We're it. coming. Yeah. yeah, We're coming. We'll at be there five. at five. Yeah, it's yeah. your choice whether we stay, stay or, or not. Go, but we'll We're, be there. That's right. We'll We're coming at five. <laughs> good job. Yeah, that's, that's great. a very good job, Auntie. Yeah. <sighs> Fail. 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 You suck. I guess I have to go first. You do. All right. So I I pumped milk so that I could go to the grocery store by myself. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so that's how depressing my life has become. <laughs> so I'm at the store. I can load up with all these groceries. I'm taking it back to the car. And I happen to look at the back tire. And I'm like, that seems pretty thin. What is that? What is that on my tire? It's like part of the wire in the tire is starting to show through. And I'm like, oh, oh my, my God, God, my back tire is 100% bald. Oh, my God. And went around to the other side. It's also bald. My two <gasps> back tires are like. Was this before or after the rain? This is after the rain. Oh, my but God. But either way, uh, yeah, which is amazing that everybody's yeah. not in a ditch somewhere. Yeah. Like, it was. My front two tires look great. I just had these things rotated less than a year ago. Mm. No one said anything like, hey, they're really thin. I, I cannot believe I've been driving around on these tires. Danger. It is a big danger. Yeah. I, you know, very little makes me, like, kind of go yeah. crazy. But I was like, I'm not even going to be able to take this in yeah. until after the show. Like, I'm going to have to drive right. into L.A. without yeah, yeah. with these tires. Yeah. So tomorrow I'm going to go get them replaced. But I was just like... Ooh, check the tires. <laughs> just if you're spell. thinking about becoming a member of Maximum Fun because you love One Bad Mother, just remember <laughs> that Biz loves delivering this show to you so much every week that she prioritized the show, the show over getting her car safe, her car's tires <laughs> fixed so that she could safely. Drive. Oh God, help us all. Anyway, so that was I felt like that was like ugh, that was bad. I felt bad about. It. I feel like I feel I am feeling bad about it. Oh yeah, sorry. That's also gonna cost money. It is. Yeah. <gasps> okay. Go ahead. Um, I feel great. Go ahead, Teresa. <laughs> well, it's not supposed to make you feel good to talk about your failures <laughs> and preschool. Oh. <laughs> 
Um, we, my parents were here over the weekend and I had just made my dad this enormous, uh, delicious cup of coffee and he had it on the coffee table while he was, um, putting new strings on my guitar cause he's the best. Oh, nice. And, um, as he's doing this, Simon is running around <laughs> playing with his umbrella indoors, which is totally not a lot, but he was doing it. And I was holding the baby and my dad was doing this and I'm, and I was like, I saw the coffee and right. I saw what what was going on and I was like it's probably I was like my dad doesn't seem worried about it like he knows my dad is like very tuned in I was like he I was like he's aware of his coffee it's there right and I was like you know cuz it's kind of a low coffee table I'm like you know what this is actually one of the few moments where I can enjoy the fact that Simon, now that he's two and a half and Oscar's still such a baby that he's not moving, like, this is like a little break in that time where you have to be like, there's right. a glass of water on the table or like anything. Because, you know, from the when they're right. like around a year old, they're just pulling stuff down Everything constantly. Down. Right. And like Simon knows now that you're not supposed to knock over a cup of hot coffee. <laughs> So I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to freak out about this because it's going to be fine. And I should just enjoy the fact that for like right now. around with umbrellas. Yeah. For right now, <laughs> like I don't have to worry about a cup of coffee on the table. Literally like 45 seconds after having that thought, it's all over the place. It's on the rug. It's on the covering the books on the coffee oh. table. It's gone. I mean, it's over. over. And it, sure enough, it was the umbrella just knocking oh, yeah. it over as he's running past. <laughs> And I was just like, wow. Good job. Isn't it amazing how that second kid just like flushes everything that came before right down the toilets? (laughs) I mean, brings so much added joy to your life (laughs) and, and chaos of your home. I wanted to call and share my failure moment that started out as a genius. I made brownies in a cup. I was so excited. My boyfriend loved them. My five-year-old, on the other hand, decided that they weren't good enough and threw the porcelain cup on the floor. (laughs) It shattered everywhere, and I had brownies all over my floor, and I had to clean it all up. Note to self, don't give a five-year-old porcelain. Thanks, guys. Love your show. Because it did start out so good with brownies. Yeah, you would think Anything starting with brownies. Yeah. Is good, and you would think the cup would just be like treasured and like held right. so gingerly because it's filled with. Mother, filled what with did you brownies. give me? Yeah. You've given me a cup yeah. full of brownie. Bail. Fuck this, mom! <laughs> Shh, rock and roll. <laughs> oh, failures. Yep. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you. Teresa. Yes. Let's call a mom. Great. I think so. This week, we are talking to Asha Dornfest, founder of the website Parent Hacks and co-author of Minimalist Parenting, Enjoying Modern Life More by Doing Less. Welcome, Asha. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. Before we get into uh, minimalist parenting and all the exciting things that you're doing, I would like to ask you the question we ask every one of our guests, which is, who lives in your house? Besides me, of course. (laughs) (laughs) My husband uh, of 20 years and my 14-year-old son and 10-year-old daughter and 6-year-old dog 
who you may actually hear on this interview. <laughs> that would not be the first time yeah. that a dog has been heard on this podcast. There are there are times when this podcast borderlines uh, less parenting, more pet podcasts. Yes, we indeed. really need to do like an offshoot <laughs> pet podcast. We really do. All right. So 10 and 14. This has just answered one of my big <laughs> questions upon learning about you. Uh, and Because, you know, not only did you write the book, uh, you've got this amazing uh, website called Parent Hacks. And Christina Cho, the co-author, uh, also is the founder of the website Boston Mamas. You guys are, like, touring. You guys have all these things going on. And I was like, I was like this sounds really relaxing. <laughs> Sounds very minimal. Sounds very minimal. Uh, Isn't that funny? It's so funny. And and so Teresa and I are talking, and we're like, all right, minimalist parenting is if this is basically just paying less attention to your child, we've nailed this. We've nailed it. We're in. That's what it is, right? That's what it is, right? That's that's what minimalist parenting is all about. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, officially there are no martinis involved in minimalist parenting, but, you know, your mileage may vary. (laughs) To be serious, it really is not at all about paying less attention to your kids in that, I mean, in that, on some level, paying a little less attention is probably really good for them. And so, you know, I think it's it's a it's a balance. And of course, it's easier to do when your kids are a little bit older. But we are really trying to encourage parents to find that comfortable or at least healthy balance between, you know, engaging with their kids and being there for all of those moments, but also stepping back and letting them find their own strength, find their own voice, and start to build independence, which really helps everybody in the family. It, 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 it is actually interesting that that you guys came to this with the bug. There is, I know that my daughter is, my daughter's four years old, and I feel like, and Teresa's, uh, and I have a, a son who's brand new. <laughs> Teresa equally has a brand new son, and she has a two-and-a-half-year-old uh, son, and I know that she and I constantly feel like there are about 8 million different approaches being uh, sort of out there on parenting. And it's so, how did you guys come to the minimalist sort of point of view? And what made you guys say, ah, we You know, it's so interesting you should ask that because Christine and I, we're very different people. And actually our kids are at different places too. Christine has a toddler and she has a third grader. So her kids are younger than mine. Her professional life is very different than mine. So it's sort of interesting that we came to the notion of minimalist parenting from very different viewpoints and very different perspectives. Uh, You know, it's funny. The thing that first really got me down this road was that same feeling of overwhelm that you're feeling of, you know, there are five million different approaches and everyone's always trying to tell me the right way to do things. And, (laughs) ah, I mean, it's really hard to feel like you have a sense of, you know, like organic Um, wisdom about it, even though you do. And I think minimalist parenting at the core is really just plugging into that, plugging into the fact that you actually do know what you're doing on some level. And on another level, you don't have to have all the answers, you know, as you move through parenting. You can really respond to your kid and respond to your own sense of values as you parent. I mean, you know, you you grew up just fine. You've done other things in your life just fine, and you can definitely parent your children. I mean, they are, you know, they're your kids, and they want you. They don't want some sort of you know checklist of perfect behaviors. Yeah. So no, I that's... think that's the thing that we're really trying to get across is 
you know, first of all, to really check in with yourself about what are your values, what are the things that are really important to you, and then start making choices. Well, it's it, it is interesting. I you know I know that for me personally, I've been recently joking on the show quite a bit about feeling like I'm not engaging my daughter enough, and I and it's which I then fight myself about because. I can remember at my earliest ages playing on the floor of the kitchen while my mother was working or or playing by myself all the time. I don't remember my mother ever sitting down and like playing dolls with me, though though she always had me engaged and she was always talking to me. And, you know, there were different things. But this pressure that I know I feel to, you know, stop everything. And and I feel that I feel it, too. And so many other moms feel it as well. I mean, I don't know what it is about this time and moment in parenting, but, but many of us are feeling that. Right. It, it's just, it's, we just, you know, I, I'm going to blame the internet as much as possible <laughs> as opposed to any weird guilt issues that I have internally. Yeah. What do you think it is for, like we just said, that was a good example, but do you, have you found uh, in writing the book as well as in the response to the book that there is one or two things that like all parents suddenly find themselves trapped in? where mm-hmm. where they need to pull back is there like mm-hmm. a what what what's a big trap for us well the one of the issues that we are really getting a big response from parents on is just the like physical clutter in their lives that if there mm-hmm. is less stuff in their life in, in in our lives that somehow parenting and all the other logistics of family life become easier huh. so the notion that you have to have certain products or you have to have certain you know, this certain rocking chair or that certain sippy cup. I mean, that whole, like, level of information management and managing all that stuff causes a lot of stress for people. And I think related to that also is that, uh, well, maybe even more sort of central, I think, to the stress parents are feeling is the sense that they have to fill their schedule. It's sort of connected to what you were saying about being engaged with your kids. It's like, well, you know, I care about my child. I want them to have great experiences, so I'll sign up for this music class, and I'll sign up for this enrichment activity, and, you know, I will read for 30 minutes a night, and all of those things, constantly trying to, you know, make sure that we're covering all the bases, but, you know, the bottom line is that people start feeling overtaxed. There isn't really those open spaces to be able to just uh, respond to each other and listen to what your kid wants to do or maybe even do something in a relaxed way. Or like you said, put your kid on the floor and let them play with the pots and pans while you're in the kitchen. That's actually super enriching for them. And, but somehow or another, those, those moments get lost because we're so busy cramming the schedule. I think that that's really true. And I also think there's sometimes, especially with toddlers, but I'm sure with kids of all ages, there's sometimes a fear of like, oh, God, they're going to be so bored. Like if we Mm -hmm. don't if we don't plan something, (laughs) my kids are going to be so bored and we're just going to be I I don't know what like I need to find a thing for them to do. And I and like or or, you know, if they're so bored, they're going to end up watching TV and um and, you know, obviously, like, having your kid watch... We all know having your kid watch TV all day long is a bad idea, but, hey, like... Hey, look at me. I turned out just fine, everybody. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay, so the little TV is not so bad, but but in other words, just a f- 
kind of like a fear that your kids are going to get bored. And so constantly trying to come up with things to give to them, to entertain them. And then that sort of like feeding on itself and becoming this vicious cycle of like you're you're responsible for their entertainment 24 hours a day. And I'm curious, um, I'm curious what you guys have found maybe in your own lives, but also with parents that you have maybe helped through this of like what happens when parents just kind of back off. Yeah, back (laughs) off and and stop like, you know, scheduling the entire day. Right. Oh, boy. Oh, do I feel your pain? And um, I'll start with the obnoxious disclaimer: is it's with of it's different for for every kid because kids mm-hmm. respond differently to sort of open space in their schedule. Mm-hmm. Some kids are just naturally relaxed, and they're like, "Oh, okay, well, the TV's off, and I don't have another option. I'll find something to do." Other kids get really stressed out about the fact that they they are not sure what to do now, and mom needs to fix this. Right. So you know, I would never say, "Oh, it's just as simple as letting them get bored, and then they will." creatively, suddenly, painting and sculpting. And, you know, it's, it's, I think in some families, it does cause a a temporary period of stress when that happens. But I'm telling you, nine times out of 10, both Christine and I have experienced this in our families, and we have temperamentally very different kids. When there are, uh, when there is sort of a clear division of labor when it comes to who's responsible for boredom, i.e. the kids are responsible, I'm not responsible. It it suddenly makes things move a lot smoother. And, uh, you know, I realize that it's, well, in some ways, I was going to say it's trickier with younger kids, but in some ways it's trickier with older kids because older kids actually have access to a lot more electronics and sort of entertainment options that, you know, may or may not be really that great. Toddlers, on the other hand, younger kids, they really do more readily entertain themselves with, like, you know, the Tupperware collection or, you know, whatever. And so, um, I don't know. I think, Teresa, what you were talking about, that fear of boredom, sort of like preemptively planning stuff because of that fear, that is so powerful. I, I, I still do that myself, and I really have to check myself on that all the time. I mean, it, you know, we don't want our kids to be bored, but really, truly, boredom is, the you know, the mother of creativity. Mm-hmm. And not only that, um, you know, learning how to handle boredom is something that we have to do throughout our lives. Right. Well, so although, you know, we all know people who stand in line, you know, sort of ticking on their iPhone. I mean, so it's just it's one of those things where we we try to just recognize that we're, you know, that fear is simply just a fear. It's not it's not real. It's okay if kids are uncomfortable for a little while. And it's also not a black or white situation. You know, you can sort of try things here and there. Well, now that we've taken care of our children and have mm-hmm. decided that they will toughen up. Uh, you have to help Teresa and I, um, <laughs> who, who will handle nothing as gracefully as our children probably will. So we've been talking earlier today about sort of the emotional drainage that we're going through with our kids and school for the first time. Mm-hmm. And sending so, them off to preschool. Sending them off to preschool. And they've both been oh. in preschool. There have been some really healthy moments. But they're both <laughs> entering this current phase. Mine's about to go to kindergarten. Totally different experience. And Teresa's is sort of moving up to the big kid room and to preschool. Mm-hmm. And both of them are handling it uh, in ways that are totally appropriate for children. 
while Teresa and I may not be handling it (laughs) or probably are handling it very traditionally, which is lots of crying and hiding in cars and coming out in horrible ways. So outside of just saying to hell with school, you're all going to stay home with us, uh, which would probably make us shoot each other immediately. How do you how do what is the minimalist approach to uh, to dealing with uh, this stage, this, this horrible, horrible <laughs> letting go of your children? The, the, the letting go and the transition, it is so hard. And, you know, again, it's like I, I don't care about minimalist parenting or any other parenting philosophy. Right. It's hard. You yeah. know, like there's nothing that's going to make it easy. However, <laughs> however, <laughs> silver lining, um, <laughs> I, think the, I think the answer is, you know, to really sort of pay attention to your kid. And, and how they're responding. You know, it's interesting. In the book, uh, we have a couple of chapters devoted to education, actually. Right. And Christine experienced, um, well, Christine's daughter, I should say, experienced as she, as she made those transitions to preschool and school and camp and all of those, it was extremely hard for her, and she was very anxious. And so Christine had to get pretty involved in, you know, the situation and helping her disengage. And, you know, there was lots of crying and and upset. So this is one of those times where minimalist parenting does not mean just sort of drop them off and run away. For some kids, that's actually the best approach. Um, For some kids, it really isn't. But, you know, for you, on the other hand, for whom it's so difficult, it's, it's really just, you know, I think in my life, it's been about communicating that confidence to the kids, letting them know that they really are okay and safe with the people that they're with, and then giving them a chance to experience that discomfort and that transition. And then if things still aren't going well in a week or two, you know, like reevaluating. I certainly have been through the educational ringer with my own two kids. You know, their school, one one of my children's school experiences hasn't been traditional at all, and the other one has. And it's really taken – I've had to get pretty humble about it because I had to really put aside some of my assumptions about, you know, school and, and how that transition goes. And it's really helped me the more I – watched and responded to what was actually going on with my kid rather than my own preconceptions about, you know, how I think it should go. That's really interesting. That's, you know, we recently um, had a guest on whose son uh, has dyslexia and they've had to reevaluate, you know, their the school system and, and how they were approaching this. And I know that I'm definitely experiencing that with the kindergarten. And it, it it's so sort of refreshing to hear and also something I never thought about, which is that my own assumptions of what school is and the school system is may not be the same for my child and it may not be the right fit. And if it's not the right fit that I should, that I have the power to do something about that as opposed you do. to, to you freezing You do have the power up. to do something. And I, I really liked hearing uh, something that you said about sometimes it's not about backing away. It's about there are other times where you have to really step up and it, there may be nothing minimal feeling about it that, <laughs> of what you're doing. Well, you know, I have to say, it's it's a much longer story than we could cover here. Uh, maybe for a future interview, who knows? But, um, you know, for my son, um, school was just a terrible fit in yeah. in um, an elementary school. And I happened to be the kid for whom school was just the perfect fit. Like, it was effortlessly wonderful and fun for me. And it was the opposite for my son. 
to the point where we actually pulled him out of school uh, in the middle of fourth grade and homeschooled him for about a year and a half. Last thing I ever had on my radar, right. ever. And, I mean, talk about getting involved. I mean, boy, we sort of took over that portion of his education. And as it turned out, that was the right thing to do. He went back to school in sixth grade. He's been thriving ever since. So it was, uh, you know, again, it was like responding to what was in front of us rather than what we thought we should be experiencing or what he should be experiencing. Mm -hmm. And it's hard, believe me, because, you know, you're constantly having to check in with yourself and check in with your kid. And, you know, it, it opens up your mind and your heart, but it's a, it's a pretty, you know, it's a roller coaster process. You mean this doesn't get easier? <laughs> <laughs> I think it does get easier. You know, I think, you know, the challenges never stop, for sure. I mean, I experience new challenges having a teenager and a, you know, a preteen that I never could have dreamed of when they were younger. However, I feel so much more confident in my, it's not that I feel confident that I know the answer. It's that I feel confident that I will find the answer. Mm-hmm. I never feel like I'm walking around going, I know what to do in this situation. Mm-hmm. I feel more like I don't exactly know what to do in this situation, but I'm going to try this thing, and I know I can always adjust as we go on. Yeah. We talk in the book about the notion of course correction, that mm-hmm. you can't know what's at the end of the path. You just can sort of, you have to make decisions based on, the information that you have. And then once you make that decision and you go a little ways down that path, it gives you more information. And then you can adjust. And then you can adjust. It's like a, a bunch of small corrections as opposed to big, huge, you know, we're going to leave the country and we're going to go off the grid. And, you know, yeah. it, it doesn't require that. <laughs> it makes me think a lot about, like, we talk about a lot on the show about just, like, living in the moment. And right. I think that's a lot of what what it sounds like you're talking about, which is, like, you know, it you know you can't like plan the future you right. just be have present. to be with your kids and pay mm-hmm. attention to what's happening in the moment and surprise trust yourself yeah yeah trust oh yourself. my god what what it's a hard, what a weird message we keep getting <laughs> and it's such a uh, you know it just sounds i always feel like i need to say you know i hate to sound like i'm oversimplifying in this horrible way i remember i i just hated when i was when my kids were toddlers and i was really up to my eyeballs feeling so you know, I, like I was not up to the task. I was just completely overwhelmed. And people would say, trust yourself. You know, right. how, you know, yeah. you are the best, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, I don't know anything. What are you talking about? But that's when I, I, I sort of figured it out. I was used to the feeling of knowing something in sort of in the sense of, you know, being the A student at school. That right. was my version of knowing something. Knowing something as a parent now, for me at least, is more about trusting that I know and love my kids. I'm going to make the best decision I can right now, and then I will make a change if I need to going forward. So that just feels better to me. That's genius. That's really genius. No, it really that's is. That's some sort of weird Zen genius yeah, thing. I love it. <laughs> that's amazing. Wow. Okay, well that's that's a huge compliment. That's amazing. Well, we just want to thank you so much for joining us uh, on the show, and I want to. We're running out of time, so I can't. Li- I want to link everybody up to your website, uh, Parent Hacks, and we're going to also link everybody up to your co-author, Christina's uh, Christine Ho. Yeah, Christine Ho. Yep, uh, Christine Ho's uh, websites um, and and the book and the book. Well, of course, the book and your Twitters and everything. <laughs> uh, we're also connected uh, these days. But we just want to thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's just, it's so much fun to talk about this and to hear your perspective, and it's great. Well, we really appreciate it. 
Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Dave Holmes, I'm the new host of International Waters, the transatlantic comedy show where land laws do not apply. I am here with one of our writers, Sarah Morgan, from the UK. Hello, Sarah. Hi, Dave. How are you doing? I didn't understand a word you just said. Could you explain International Waters and how it works? Uh, it's a transatlantic panel game. Uh, we have teams based in the UK and in LA, and uh, basically people try to be funnier more than they try to know things. Uh, I caught about half of that. <laughs> Find International Waters on MaximumFun.org. Thank you for your attention. I will see you on International Waters. Wow. <sighs> I just feel like I meditated for 20 minutes. Here's something interesting <laughs> that I'm learning about myself. What? <laughs> I want to hear. I want to hear. How to feel again. <laughs> okay, so I think I've come across on the show as somebody, as soon as somebody starts telling me parenting technique or mm-hmm. even the word Parenting books. Mm-hmm. I freak out. You do. Or parenting experts. Or parents anything. I, I, I wouldn't even listen to the show uh, if it wasn't my own I show. I, but <laughs> every time we have guests on, yeah. I always like book guests and I'm like, yeah, you're going to make me crazy. And then yeah. they come on. I'm like, this is totally, totally yeah. not. A, totally oh, wait. This is why you're an expert. Right. <laughs> it's never threatening. It's never judgmental. It's always insightful. And it always makes me feel more confident as a parent. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is this learning thing that's being presented to us? I don't understand. But I fear of the unknown. Fear biz. of the unknown. <laughs> AKA parenting. I just gotta say, and once again, it's yet another example of how you can talk about things that have to do with parenting and people will run screaming thinking it's something very myopic mm-hmm. and it's only gonna relate to this portion of your life. Mm-hmm. But what I'm discovering is that a lot of the same issues that I'm having as a parent, Mm -hmm. I also had as a non-parent, like Mm -hmm. especially this issue of confidence Mm -hmm. and this issue of trusting your instincts Mm -hmm. and and the small course correction. I mean, how many times in our lives do we just assume that what we're doing is the right thing to do and that whatever decision I've made, I'm never going to go back and change this decision on any level. And it's not the end of the world if you do. Right. And it's actually better yeah if you leave yourself open open. to that i know i know i don't think about that enough either i'm really glad that she um, brought that part of this because it's like yeah it i think it also makes it a lot easier to make decisions and try things if you're not like well this has to be it and if it's not i'm gonna be a failure well especially in those situations (laughs) we all if you heard our genius fail spectacular show you were all touched by our mom rant caller yeah um and mom rant if you are listening you have got a lot of love out there on twitter and on facebook and everywhere so but it but that is a great example of this of this uh, slight course correction because Mm -hmm. to acknowledge for yourself that whatever you say goes today Mm. might not go tomorrow and it's okay if it doesn't go tomorrow Mm -hmm. and if you change your approach then i feel like that just takes a lot of pressure off when you're in those situations where you feel like you're you're at your wits end totally and at the end of the rope and so i i just really appreciate her insight into that Mm -hmm. that was really helpful yep now that we're feeling so great Mm -hmm. and we're so insightful Mm -hmm. we should listen to somebody not keeping it together yeah let's Let's, do that let's listen to a mom rant 
ladies. This is a rant. Oh, my gosh. So I work in a baby store. Uh, we sell cloth diapers and baby gear. And, you know, we're a tiny, tiny brick and mortar. And if people want to be able to come and ask me for advice and talk to me for 45 freaking minutes about why their diapers are leaking and why their baby has a rash, then they better look. I know our prices are higher, but don't fucking tell me to my fucking face after you've been talking to me for 45 fucking minutes that you're going to go to Amazon and buy diapers from Amazon because uh-huh. they're cheaper. How do you think I get paid? Like, what, do you want that advice to stay there? You have to stop with us. You have to. What the hell? Like, it's, ugh, I'm just so angry. I, I can't even fathom. Like, I bring my baby to work with me, which is awesome, and I'm super lucky to have this job. But, like, come on. You see me there with my kid. You see that all the small businesses around us are failing, and then you're going to tell me my fucking face after I talk to you for 45 goddamn minutes that you're going to go buy shit from Amazon? Not cool, people. If you like small business, shop small business. I guess that's not really a mom rant, but grr. It's like a mom rant. It's a mom rant. It's related to your work, and it's related to, like, that does, you know, that does suck. I remember I worked retail for a while. People come in and, like, like, talk to you about all your products and, like, all this stuff for, like, ever, and then they're like, but I'm not going to buy from you. Yeah. Bye. That's weird. That's weird. Yeah. Don't do that, people. So you're hanging there, Mom. Yeah. Hang in there. Good job. Good job. So we have learned that letting go is very hard. And we have also learned to pay attention to yourself and to your kid mm-hmm. and trust your instincts on what is best for your, I mean, again, like I said, for Catherine Bell, I didn't do the walk away. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't good for me yeah, and for her. Work. It just didn't yeah. work for us. And yeah. so we did, we came up with little things that worked mm-hmm. um, with the understanding that if it got out of control, I was going to have to readjust mm-hmm. my thinking. Um, we've learned that... We should trust ourselves in all of our parenting. Mm-hmm. We have learned that it's probably healthy for us to step back and not try and do it all. Mm-hmm. And that's probably good for our kids and a good lesson for our kids. Did we learn anything else? That's a lot. Like that's a lot of really good I feel stuff. Like we learned a lot. That's a shitload of a, stuff. I need a nap. Yeah, that's enough. After that. It's definitely plenty. So let's remember that we're all doing a good job. Yeah. Good we job. Really are. Yeah. Everybody, you're all doing a really good job. You guys are doing job. such a good job. You are. Give yourself some credit. And we really just want to thank the One Bad Mother family in general. It's so nice when we see all the support out there for each other and for the other moms yeah. who are going through stuff. So that, that means a lot. And Teresa, yes. you are doing a really great job. Thank you. Are, you are doing a really great job in particular with Simon and school. Thank you. So really good job. I know that's hard. It is really hard. Thank you for saying that. You're doing a really great job, too. Thank you. And everybody, you're doing a great job. We will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listener. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. 
One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Do you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show? Then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.